Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Well, that's how we have to start, SGG. The very wise words of Cien Almas. This is Cheap Heat, the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. And SGG, first of all, how are you? I'm doing great, Peter. How are you? Fantastic. I'm a little, little tired. I wanted to nap today. Finally had an afternoon to, to have a little room to rest and I wasn't able to sleep, so I said, you know what, we should just do cheap heat right now. Get it to the people sooner rather than later. And what did you think of the sage, the, the, the sage words we just heard from Cien Almas? Um, Cien Almas and Zelina Vega, they are, they're oracles. They're, um, you know, you should always pay attention to what they have to say. Um, Zelina Vega in particular, especially when it comes to um, her protege, her client, uh, Cien Almas. They always deliver. Well, and important with Zelina is that you can actually understand what she's saying, um, which is critical. It's it's hard to hear CN over um, the crowd chanting what, which they only seem to do um, to people with accents. But that's a that's another story. Is that really is that re- is that really a thing? The crowd only says what to people with accents. Well, it's it's when I notice it the most. I mean. I haven't gone back and crunched the numbers and look at the data. You know, I'm retired from that. But um, it seems to be lately that that's how it happens. So does that mean we live in a time in which you are a bad person if you laugh out loud at CN sounding like Andre the Giant? If you laugh out loud at CN sounding like Andre the Giant, no. If you... You know, I'm not saying I did that. If you I am make... not saying that when he said, Daniel Bryan, <laughs> I'm not saying I laughed. But if I did, would that make me a bad person? No. But if you you are a bad person, if it like hinges on him having an accent and that to you means that they don't have a grasp of the English language, then that makes you a bad person. Well... Because people trip over their words in any language. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point. Well, what what is um, Cien's? What is how much time has Cien spent in the U.S.? Um, I feel like it's just been since he um, since he was signed to NXT. So, in other words, though, so it's, it's, it's definite. A couple of years. It's definite recent. So it's definitely recent enough that he probably does not have a perfect grasp of the English language. Right, and it like English is his, being his second language. Well, well and English is decidedly sure is moments. decidedly his second language. I mean, there's a reason he has Zelina with him, which is the interesting question. And obviously, we'll go backwards and talk about a bunch of other things here. But that is what interested me this week during that promo, which was that I wonder why he talks at this point. Yeah, I don't think he needs to. Like it just listen. We talked about this with regards to um, 
uh, Asuka and Nakamura as well. Um, if, if, if English is not your first language and your ability to be able to really confidently deliver it is not a strong suit for you, isn't that the point of putting them with someone like Zelina Vega, who's a great talker? Yes, uh, that's that's factual. And even more than that, you know, that's the point of you highlighting their other their other talents. Like somebody like Asuka doesn't need to speak at all and doesn't need um a mouthpiece either. But you know, we just have this obsession with everybody having to be good on the mic that it leads you into situations like that where um you put a mic in Andrade's hand and it's almost you're not setting him up for failure but like it, you're challenging him to do something that he doesn't need to do yeah i just don't think it's time yet i don't i don't think it's necessary um now you know listen i i when it when it happened on month on tuesday I was so taken aback by it because he was so difficult to understand that I was like, what the hell are they trying to convey right now? And it started off rough, too, because I don't know if you noticed, Gray, but he he didn't realize it was even his time to talk yet. <laughs> like, Zelina had finished talking, and then she looked up, and he looked, and he's like, that's right! <laughs> like, it, it was one of those moments. So right off top, you're like, oh, no, 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 this is not it. But... Yeah, sometimes I don't know what the rush is to get people um, to be on the mic. Um, you know, and, and listen, The Miz is not Cien Almas in the ring. That's why, right. that's why The Miz has gotten, that's one of the reasons, also he's a natural at it, but that's one of the reasons The Miz has become so great on the microphone. But guess what? Cien Almas at this point is not the Miz on the microphone. So right. and that's, that's all you got to do. The Miz has become so great on the mic because he's been allowed to play to his strength. Exactly right, Craig. As I take the last bite of this delicious Luna bar of my wife's. Which, <laughs> which is technically, if you look at the fine print, a bar intended for women. It, is it really? Yes, Luna bars are intended for women. My, I have them probably twice a week. Is that a problem? Uh, I don't think so. I think Luna bars should be for everybody. The first nutrition bar for women to inspire and be bold and be blazed, blah, blah, blah. I just wonder what it is about it that makes it so particularly good for women. And is this killing my masculinity? The, those buzzwords that they just hit you with to inspire be bold. I need to watch out, though. I mean, what if it's killing your testosterone? Who knows? <laughs> um. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. And sorry, um, I just wanted to start off uh, with that audio of Sianamas. Uh, that was SmackDown this week. SGG outside the ring. Um, major news to discuss. Not really outside the ring, but... um at least outside the world of WWE, was all-in weekend um, this weekend. Yes. This past weekend. Yes, and what did you think of all-in, SGG? I enjoyed the show. 
but um, I'm not going to um, throw too much hyperbole on it. Um, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, kudos to them. They set out to to do something that was definitely groundbreaking. But um, I'm not going to overstate their accomplishments either. You know, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the matches. I think, you know, shout out to them for pulling together something that a lot of people didn't think could be done. Excuse me. Outside of the WWE umbrella. And, you know, their fans seemed to love it. I enjoyed it. Um, But, yeah, I'm not going to go so far as to say, like, Vince McMahon is shaking in his boots or that this is the the best show that I've seen in my well, life. Well, how, how, there how are is some it, things I didn't love. Well, how, how is it being received? Bear, stay here for a minute. I'm going to take you out a few minutes. Can you sit down? Sit down and relax yourself. Enjoy yourself even. Um, how is it being received by those who it was directly, you know, most intended for? Oh, greatest show ever. Is that really, like, is that, was that off top just what people were really saying? Yeah, like the most amazing thing that they've ever seen. Um, but which is fine though, cause like that, they knew their audience and they gave their audience exactly what people were asking for. So you can't, you can't knock them for that cause that's, that's business 101. Yeah, no, no, no. I certainly wouldn't knock them for that. I mean, listen, um, I've, I've, I ordered it. I've watched about half of it. Um, I, I need to watch the rest of it. Um, uh, I really wanted to watch the Omega match, which I liked but didn't love. Um, you know, listen, the overall accomplishment of what Cody Rhodes and company did and the Young Bucks did is special. It's to be applauded, and I hope that the wrestling business is more competitive and better because of it. Um, just seeing the, the layout of the building uh, looked really cool. Um, seeing 11,000 people at uh, an indie show. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's what it was, in case you're unclear about it. That's an indie show. Um, uh, th- that is very, very cool. From, you know, I-, I-, I hit the group text with, and I'm curious to what you guys listening think. I'm sure some people will hate me for it and some people will go, oh my God, I was thinking the same thing. I hit the group text on s- late Saturday night or Sunday with, hey, am I allowed to say that while All In was good, it was filled with lots of indie bullshit. And, I, and that's exactly what I, what I mean, um, which is that there was really great stuff about it. And then there was really sort of just spot fest, not a great story. Like, let's just pop you in the classic way that indie shows tend to pop the crowd. Um, and, and that, that, that I was mean, a theme. Also, what did the, like, I love that they use Sean Mooney and Sean did a great job, but there were other spots where they did things backstage that were just poorly done and, you know, not quite on that level yet. Um, but by the way, I get it. It's not WWE. That's cool. Um, but when you're someone like me, at least, who is more, I am more a fan at this point, not always, but at this point. I am more a fan, Greg, of the WWE than I am of just wrestling. That's that. I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this show. You plot me in some yeah. gym on a weekend and are like, hey, here's a 10 match card of great wrestlers you never heard of. Uh, I'm checked out. I'm not here for it. That's not who I am. Um, in terms of the kind of product I enjoy. 
So that's not and so it was great. I'll but, agree with you, man. I'll agree with you. It was definitely um an indie super show, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, glorified ROH show, whatever you want to call it. It was definitely that. But that's I think that's what it was supposed to be too, honestly. Like uh I think that's what their audience wanted. They wanted like um they wanted something like that and they got it and they delivered. But like I said, I'm not gonna overstate it because at the same time, you know, the things that they did well, they did really well, but then the things like they didn't really need to do the the dick druids, you know, the the, the penis army didn't really I don't know, I did I wasn't for me. Um Well and and for me and, and also Go ahead, sorry. And also too like you know, I don't think that people needed to rush to compare it to, you know, WWE either. Because I, I think that ultimately is a disservice to Cody and the Bucks and what they were trying to do. Because I don't think they were trying to, to, you know, I mean, they inherently competition to WWE, but I don't think that they were trying to take a WWE spot or do anything like that. They were just trying to, they found an audience and they were trying to cater to that audience and they don't have to, like you can enjoy both. They don't have to be on WWE's heels. And that's the part that like sort of irritated me the most is that, you know, in the aftermath and even in the lead up to it, too, you could see it falling into these camps of like either you're all in or you're all out. Like either this is going to be the best no you ever saw and you need to support it. No pun intended, but pun maybe intended a little bit, but like. It's either going to be the best thing you ever saw or like we don't want to hear from you. And like it, it wasn't. And um, even some of the stuff I saw people say afterwards is like, you know, this is their wrestling. Joey Ryan tweeted that an all in moment is more significant than a WrestleMania moment. And like he's had his all in moment. I'm just like, that's cool, but that's inaccurate. I mean, listen. It can be, um, it can be, it can be a bigger moment for you. Knock yourself out. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and when, um, and when Joe Blow, you know, independent rapper, let's just call him Joe Budden, you know what I'm saying? Drops his random mixtape. That can be more important to you than when Kendrick Lamar drops an album. Um, but don't think that's right. don't think that's what the record is, and that and that that's cool. And those guys can be just as talented. Man, there are people out there who will tell you that a Joe Budden or a Chino XL or a whoever are better MCs or as good as as Kendrick or Eminem or Jay. Um, and uh, I'm not denigrating a niche audiences. I mean, sh- damn, I was the voice of niche audiences especially in hip-hop for a very long time but uh, still are man you got open late i mean listen i still i I i'm i'm happy to be someone uh i'm happy to introduce music on real late and open late but at the same time i'm just i'm i'm in the genres that i'm into i i like documenting things for what is the ultimate mainstream record um and the fact of the matter is the best of the best ultimately want to compete in that realm that's why we will see kenny omega in wwe one day um and i'll tell you what guess what when he gets there and he has that wrestlemania moment 
I guarantee he doesn't have to hit 15 finishers in the last three minutes. And that, and you guys can, indie people could say that that's ideal. I don't believe hitting literally nine V triggers in a row. You know, so the commentator is literally about to faint because he screamed V trigger so many times. You know, for me, that just isn't, that was a sign of, and this isn't, I'm not blaming, um, the competitors because their in-ring work was phenomenal. But that is an indicator of either a card that's too heavy or a story that hasn't been told. Because if you watch the Kenny Omega match, throughout the first 10 minutes, the crowd was on its hands, Greg. And you're talking about the best wrestler in the world. This is, this is a guy who, if you pay any attention, is in the conversation. I know PWI has him number one, but even if you're not that person, he's a top 10 in the world wrestler in, in what is not the main event, but ordinarily would be very close to it. And Greg, until they went on the real flurry at the end, the crowd really, in my opinion, was not there. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know what the reasoning is for that. Uh, maybe it, maybe that does fall on the talent, but um, again, you know, people walked away saying it was best ever, which is fine if you feel that way, but. I wouldn't, you know, I'm just cautious to overstate. And listen, it what, was what happened this weekend. Really good show, really great success for Cody and the Young Bucks and everyone involved. Um, but I, 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 I would order it again and, uh, and support it again. Oh yeah, I watched it twice already. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, I'm not going to be part of the, this is the greatest thing ever. It's really cool that it happened. And as far as Cody's story goes, it's absolutely phenomenal. One thing that's absolutely repug, the actual graphic that they use for all in, like what's in the middle of the ring and on the turnbuckles is repug. (laughs) Like if I tweeted, someone send me a, a logo for all in, I'd get something better in an hour. It literally, it, what is that? Helvetica? Times New Roman? <laughs> Times New Roman Reigns? Well, I don't understand. It literally just says all in. It's just <laughs> not, like that was, they, they didn't have a sponsor in the middle of the ring, which was cool. They just had their logo in the middle of the ring, but the logo was just letters. That was just a little thing. It was like so Fox News. The difference between if anyone wants to know the biggest difference between the right and the left, it's that the right literally has zero creatives. So if you turn on Fox News, it's the worst graphics on television. I was like, did they hire someone from Fox News to do the all-in graphic? It, this is not it. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm of course being uh, naturally leaning critical of what was a dope event. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. If you didn't watch it, catch the replay on um, the fight app or wherever you just decide to get it. SUG, anything? Yeah, it's on New Japan World too, by the way. Any, anything outside WWE that you want to hit before we jump just back into the week that was? Nah, let's go right to it. Without any further ado, oh, SUG, hold on. Little bit of bit breaking stuff here that we may have not gotten to. Number one, uh, the word is Daniel Bryan has supposedly signed his new contract with WWE. And that is basically, uh, a done deal. That's what I'm seeing right now. Uh, so. Okay. Was there was there any doubt that that would happen though? No, it just sort of ended. You know, the, some people were having fun with the idea of since he was maybe between contracts, he would take a little time between to disappear for a while and come back. But that will not be done, at least with any 
any reality that he's not going to be in WWE. That, that's supposedly the, the, the dotted line hasn't necessarily been signed, but it is a done deal. Um, we've had a ton, by the way, of, of emails to get to. So we'll hit some stuff that we were feeling and then I'll just get to emails because I think the emails will take us through a lot of probably what happened this week as well. But SGG, what, um, what struck you the most? Um, I love this shield versus everybody. Um, or at least shield versus all the heels. Um, this week on Raw. I thought it was fun. I know a lot of people weren't that into it, but, you know, for me, um, I think it sets up something that could be, could be really cool, at least for the Shield and Braun Strowman and, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre going forward. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Yeah, I, for, I enjoyed the end of the show. Same. I, I found it to be, I found it to be like intense and surprising. I did not like the beginning of the show. The, the full locker room, the locker room separation. Uh huh. Like, I just, I just feel we've gotten that too many times, man. To be honest with you. Like, I, I like the end, which was just an all out attack. And it kind of left you like, whoa, what happened here? Um, why is, why is the whole, why is everyone against them? But the obligatory, we have to just keep everyone separated. Oh, no one can keep them apart. That's just become like an every six month thing over the last few years, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's like that though. You know, sometimes the feuds are that intense. Um, I'm with you on the frequency of it happening makes it less special. Um, yeah, it started to be, it started, it started to become a, just a bit of a lazy thing of like, damn, these guys hate each other. Oh, let's do the whole big locker room break apart thing. I just, uh, we've seen it with Brock and Roman. Feel like we've seen it with Roman and Braun. Feel like we saw it with, um, uh, Triple H and somebody like over the last few years as we, we get saw close it to WrestleMania. Joe recently too. Oh yeah, there was a Samoa Joe one as well. Yeah, it's just, if it's gonna mean something, it's gotta mean something. Um, I thought the end of the show though, um, had a little bit of a nexus feel in terms of how violent it was. Yeah, well, Seth Rollins got thrown through a window and cut up, um, pretty bad, which I think it'll be fine. So I guess I can say that I thought that was, that was awesome. <laughs> He's he's now good. Yes, I just read that also that he's fine. Uh so Seth should be cool. But yeah, like that spot with the glass breaking and you know, what a what a spot for Renee Young to be in. I know they were stomping her husband like while she's at the announce table on commentary. Second night on second night on commentary and yeah, they're really annihilating your husband. Yeah, you got to take the bitter with the sweet like they say. She got to be there when he returned. She got to be there when he gets beat down. First return, first beat down, you know? It is what it is. Um, what else Monday? Uh, anything else Monday really, uh, jump out to you? So, um, besides the, besides the fact that we need, I need Brie Bella to take a break from suicide dives for a while. Yeah. The first one wasn't on her, but the second one, I don't know what happened. The second one the, might not have been on her either. Maybe they weren't close enough to the ring. Um, so the first one, the first one was just mistimed. She was supposed to be slapped on her way out. Yes. And so I think she like, 
she flopped and Sarah Logan wasn't close enough to the ring to to make it you know to time it out right um Right. So, so, and, and she couldn't do it if, if, if that wasn't what was supposed to happen because it's dangerous. Right. If she had, if she'd so, gone any further, then like you said, it would have been dangerous. So she stopped when she was supposed to stop, but, um, I just don't think Sarah Logan was close enough to the ring to. But then, but then what about the second one? The second one, I, like that one, I don't know. That one I feel like is on her, um, because she, landed flat on her face but then you could make the argument that they should have been close enough to to catch her it, it just it just uh it scared the hell out of me and it seemed like uh it was it was taking the moniker a little bit too seriously i was like whoa please be careful and then i don't know if you noticed this did you notice that it was like it rubbed off on brian on tuesday <laughs> no i did not i did not notice that Brian had one in his match against Cien and he caught the rope as well. You know, maybe it's the ring crew. The ring crew might be sabotaging them. Wow. We have to see how, guys, how, you, how close is Miz to these ring crew guys. We don't know. We don't know. You, if you, if you ever need someone to have your back who's just willing to make things up to support Listen, you, I, your man. I heard a story SGG. that, um, after WrestleMania one year, uh, the Miz, Paid for dinner for all the writers because they weren't invited to uh, to the after party or something like that. So he is clearly, you know, regardless of what we see on screen, he's a man of the people behind the scenes. So if he's that good to the writers, maybe he did, you know, grease the wheel with the ring crew and was like, hey, I got a match coming up. Can you make some things happen? Yeah. Um, I, you know what's weird? I don't think the writers are ever invited to the after party, which is sort of an interesting spot for the uh, writers. Um, either way, that's neither here nor there. SGG. Okay, sorry. So get me back. Yeah, so this week, see, so we had uh, HBK Taker. Uh, that promo, which I thought was really well done. I, en- I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um I have to tell you, remember last week I complained? I was sort of like, I don't really know what the point of advertising HBK is. Well, I'm stupid, and uh, as you can tell, I never get to figure anything out anymore, no matter how inside I get. Because, of course, I should have thought about an Undertaker surprise. And I'll tell you what, I enjoyed their confrontation. I felt like what they said actually had meaning. It, it didn't... Now, listen, I some people in our chat were arguing, you know, why even put them together because... You want to see them more than you want to see Triple H and Undertaker and they're, okay, that's fine. We could get into your opinions on that. However, just from a sheer like, a lot of times we're going to do the obligatory bring back an old guy to do promo for another match. I thought for some reason the words they said to each other were actually meaningful. Same. Um, and they didn't ring hollow at all. Like, you know, even with Undertaker basically telling Shawn Michaels, like, you know, reminding him that he beat him into retirement, it's like, yeah, there was the WrestleMania match where Shawn retired because he lost that match, but there's also the Royal Rumble match where Undertaker injured him. So this is two times now that Undertaker's taken away um, Shawn Michaels' career. And then, you know, Shawn Michaels telling the undertaker that he's a man of integrity and like he could have come back many times which he could have they teased the uh, daniel bryan 
versus Shawn Michaels, and you know AJ famously asked for a Shawn Michaels match in San Antonio, and he's like, "I didn't out of respect for you." Like, as much as a lot of that could be storyline, that also feels feels true. Um, I agree with you. And there, for some, there was more to that than I expected in terms of like there being a personal feeling between them. I mean, listen, over the last several years, Undertaker promos in general can really be completely based in just his entrance. I felt like we got a little bit more this time. Um, from the dead man. What I'm very curious about, Cheap Heat Universe, and I'm happy to read your emails about it too, rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. By the way, I should add, if you have not been to TopShelfPremium.com, uh, after the last episode when I plugged it, um, everything is now gone except a few XLs and smalls. That is all there is left for the enjoy yourself. So shout out to everyone. Um, we sold a ton after last week's show. Um, I guess my spiel about how the, uh, Greg, how we put ourselves over for how rare the shirts are it paid off. People, people wanted them. It's true, though. Um, I mean, it's but facts. See, no gimmicks. No, it is facts. It's no uh, gimmicks. There is a, there's a few XLs and a few smalls left, but um, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com if you want to give us your thoughts. But my one concern here is I'm for everything that's going on right now in terms of promoting Australia, the Super Showdown. As long as when that show comes, it doesn't just feel like a televised house show in the U.S. This has to be a pay-per-view. It's being hyped as a pay-per-view. Like, we're sort of in rarefied air. They are simultaneously promoting, at this very moment, Hell in a Cell, which is a week from Sunday in San Antonio. WWE Evolution, which is October 28th in Nassau Coliseum. And between those... Super Showdown in Australia on October sixth. Yeah, and so it's a ve- it's a very interesting situation, and great to use that much TV time for it in America. I really hope that when we watch it on that Saturday, it really feels like a, an actual pay per view. I think it will, just because one, the size of the crowd, and um, and two. We had this concern going into the Greatest Royal Rumble, and that um, really felt like I wouldn't say special, but it it felt it had a pay per view feel to it um, for sure. Well, my problem with the with the with Saudi, the feel of it was pay per view, but the uh, the results were not pay per view. When it actually happened, when the event actually went down. Nobody, nobody, no titles changed. Nothing happened. It basically felt like one of those house shows where you see the card, the card, and you're like, "Yo, this is gonna be nuts." And then you go to the show, and you're like, "Oh, it's a house show. They didn't do anything. I forgot." So I, I just don't think it can feel that way, given how much promo there's been. I, I just don't think so. Well, I mean, it 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 just may feel that way, especially considering um. At this point in that, in that six man tag match that they announced, um, I believe it's the Shield versus, um, Dolph Ziggler, uh, Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. At this point, all the championships on Raw 
won't be up for grabs because they're going to be all be circulating amongst those six people. Um, Rollins has the Intercontinental Championship. The Universal Champion is guaranteed to be in that match, whether it's Braun Strowman or Roman Reigns. And, um, oh no, wait, Roman Reigns is fighting Brock Lesnar at Hell in a Cell, right? No, no, no. Hell in a Cell is, the, is Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman. But didn't Brock, Brock Lesnar say he was going to do his contractually, um, obligated rematch at Hell in a Cell? Wasn't, didn't Paul Heyman say that? Well, let's, let's, let's check this out. Hell in a Cell. I think you're right, but then uh, what happened to Brock Lesnar's, um, rematch is what I'm, what I'm curious about now. Well, as of right now, it is Daniel Bryan and Bree versus The Miz and Maurice, AJ versus Joe, New Day, uh, versus the winner, um, the, the, the number one contender, um, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman, Hell in a Cell. This is Strowman's Money in the Bank cash in match, of course. Then we'll have Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton in a cell. We'll have Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss, and we'll have Charlotte and Becky. That's what we have for now, seven matches. I'm guessing we'll get one to two more. Okay. So, yeah. the Maybe three. Universal Champion is guaranteed to be in that match. Um, I don't know. Brock Lesnar instantly becomes a wild card because with Paul Heyman going on Raw to say he wants his rematch, you have to think that he uh, he's not going to just go away. But, you know, who knows? Um, he could pull a fin and take his rematch two years later. Um, we'll see. Yeah, it's funny. I really, I really sort of, it's uh, so quickly, I sort of forgot where Brock stood in this whole thing. And, and now when you search for news relating to Brock. It's all UFC, right? Yeah, and, and a story that Jim Ross told this week about Vince meeting him. Goldberg shoots on Brock Lesnar returning to UFC. Goldberg talks about Brock. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, as of right now, Greg, there's no such thing as Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And as of right now, um, no Raw championships are going to be defended at that uh, Saudi show. Not Not from the men's side, anyway. So you mean you mean Super Show at the Super Show? Yes, excuse me. So yeah, it, it may it may just come across um, feeling like a house show. Well, real quick to break it down for you one more time: Undertaker, Triple H, Cena, and Lashley versus Owens and Elias, which is super house show. I mean, the, that that is so house show. I love it. Those are the kind of house show matches I really enjoy. Um, <laughs> Daniel Bryan versus The Miz singles match for the number one contender. The Shield versus Braun, Dolph, and Drew. Ronda and the Bellas versus the Riot Squad. Super house show. This should be called Super House Show. <laughs> At least on the Raw side, though. On the SmackDown side, you see... Yeah, yeah, here we go. Here we go. We got... We got AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. And by the way, I could see that being something that changes hands overseas. And that would be big. Um, Cedric Murphy, uh, Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy for the cruiserweight. Um, New Day versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, 
Asuka and Naomi versus the Iconics in a Super House Show match. And then Charlotte and Becky for the championship. So, uh, it's interesting. On the SmackDown side, a handful of championship matches. On the Raw side, very house show booking. Yeah. Um, Literally no matches and the champions are all in six-man tags. That's all very, very interesting to me. Um, how that's being done. Um, damn it. There was something I was just reminded about from one of those stories. Oh, so we have to get, I guess, a little bit into, and I, I want to get time for mail today, but we have to talk about the Braun turn. I mean, Braun Strowman is a bad guy. That happened. Somewhere between SummerSlam and right now, Braun Strowman is a bad guy. He's now been, he's now decided that while he is capable of knocking over the Statue of Liberty, flipping over an aircraft carrier, tackling the planet of Jupiter, um, throwing Saturn like a discus in his hand, he needs the help of Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Now, I'm not bashing this. You know I've never been crazy about Babyface Braun. Right. I just don't think I, I just don't think it works. I know it's I know he's super over and people cheer for him and I'm stuck in 1986 of wanting good guys and bad guys. I know. But I just don't think his look, his style, anything about him is like just screams good guy to me. So, I don't I don't Greg and I think you're on the same page as me. I, am. I don't ha, I I don't have a general problem with it. So, we don't need to Go over that. If you feel differently, if, if our, our emailers uh, in the Cheap Heat universe want to email us about it, that's fine. But I know Greg and I generally don't have a problem with that. Um, what I did have a problem with was after Drew McIntyre and his very black facial hair and hair um, spoke, didn't it feel like Dolph was like a jester? Well, partly because they just, just tower over him and like Dolph, they made Dolph look like Drake Maverick with the AOP. Um, yo, you just, you just nailed it. You just nailed was, it. That's the Dr- issue. Dolph, Dolph Ziggler, who's one of the b- most incredible talents in WWE of the last generation when it comes to his perform. I mean, just in ring, the guy's incredible. He felt like Drake Maverick with AOP. Shout out to Drake Maverick, by the way, who I love. He's the best dude ever. Um, and I'm happy for him. That's so cool. But, uh, yeah, he just, his look, like him wearing, you know, Braun looking like Braun, Drew McIntyre and his thing that he does. And then it cuts to Dolph and like his little, like, glittery track jacket. <laughs> right. It's just a weird fit for this team that's about to run roughshod over the entire Raw roster. And then, in fact, they even pulled everyone out, you know, at the end of the show. I just, I'm not saying they can't find a way to make it work, but something I think has to be tweaked to make Dolph fit into that. And who would have ever guessed with Drew McIntyre, Dolph, and Braun, Drew would, uh, that Dolph would be odd man out. But because Drew is such a monster, Drew is so damn big, dude. Like, I, I do feel Dolph felt like the odd man out a bit. Yeah, no, you, it, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Um, and I want to back up too, because to, to add to what you said about Braun Strowman before we get too far away from that, I think people who 
So Braun was never like a super good guy. I'll just put that out there. Like he was, he was cheered. Um, he antagonized some bad guys, but I would never say that he was a super good guy. At the best, he was a tweener because, I mean, even with Kevin Owens, right? He tortured Kevin Owens for months because KO said, let's be friends. That's not a good guy move. <laughs> like, that's just, it's just not. Um, so I think it was very easy for them to push him back on the, onto the heel side of things. And with the shield too, um, this idea that Braun needs help to, to combat the shield. It's not a knock against Braun, but it's just them, honestly, it's business as usual with the shield because the shield, um, everybody needed help to, to go against the shield from Triple H to the Undertaker. Um, you name it, the shield ran through everybody, um, except CM Punk, but, but yeah, Braun, that, that Braun would need help to go through the shield is not a stretch of the imagination based on the shield's history. Which includes like winning Greg, an 11 I, I, handicap with, match. Greg, with the Shields history, it's not a stretch. It's just, I don't know, for so long Braun was built to be so dominant, so it takes a little bit of time for you to be like, wow, he needs help? Well, that's what, now, we, when you think that's about what it, he needed Bra- though, cause Braun struggled with, he struggled with, he struggled with Roman on his own. So, it's not like he handily ever took care of Roman. So the idea that if Roman plus two other superstars wouldn't be a problem, I guess that makes sense. But it also is a bit of an adjustment. Yeah, um, but I always said that's what he needed, though. Like he, we said this on this podcast um, many times that he needs to look vulnerable. He can't just be the monster who runs through everybody, and um, he's still been the monster who will run through everybody in a fair one-on-one fight. But he. Like he needs this as much as people complain about it. He, he needs this for his, for his career, just so that he doesn't get stale. Like he needs this vulnerability. Hey guys, real quick. It's uh GP universe. We have to get into something right now. It's called mail. All right. Uh, Greg, a little bit of mail action. I forgot. I have to send Thomas uh, the mail drop. He wrote me and said, Major One, I love the mail drop. Amazing. I'm self-employed, working at my house, and need to find things to amuse myself. Having Dip announce every one of my emails would help me enjoy myself during work days, but also drive my wife insane. A double win. <laughs> Any way you can make it available for the Peckerheads. So, Thomas, I will try to make that available. I'll put it on a SoundCloud page or something. A few more people asking for 2XL shirts. Um, what's the magic number on two XL shirts that you would need to see? Like, I don't know. We're close right now. I got to ask what would make sense. Like if I could get 20 made and just do 22 X's, um, not 22 X's. I'm sure someone would ask for a 22 XL, but we're not going to do that. Um, Eric writes us, what up mage one and SGG yesterday? Uh, well, first of all, the email's called WWE Entrances slash Hip Hop Doppelgangers. Mail. Yesterday I had music playing on shuffle and Pharaoh Monch's Simon Says came on. At that moment, a light bulb went off my head and I realized it was basically Samoa Joe's entrance music. That got me thinking, what other WWE entrance songs can be traced to actual songs, even if just in my imagination? 
Another one that comes to mind is Carmella and Iggy Azalea. Fancy, of course. That's 100%. Any others you could think of? Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Um, thanks, Eric. That was the first one I was going to mention was Iggy and uh, Carmella. Um, I feel like um, Cesaro. Simon says and big time though. Yeah, Cesaro and. Cesaro's first theme and uh, the James Bond, I think it was Goldfinger theme. Maybe, if I'm not mistaken, that's one. Cool. Goldfinger is the one that goes Goldfinger. Yeah. And the Cesaro theme where he had like that dude rapping in a foreign language that I'm not sure what language it was. Um, those two sound very similar. Um, Highway Star and the Ultimate Warriors theme sound very similar. It's not a hip- What's Highway it's Star? It's not a hip hop song. It's a rock song. Um, but didn't even know that. But like the riff and like the the break sounds very similar to Ultimate Warriors theme song. I'm trying to think of another one off the top of my head. Those are the two that I always think about because it sounds like it's it's really close. Yeah, the Pharaoh Mont Samoa Joe is probably the main one people talk to me about. Um, all right, gotta hustle through. Um, this is a big one, Greg. <clears throat> Cancel. St- Tony Statless. Male. Josh writes us. Sweet Pete. When SGG went months without a single stat, I said nothing. When the black power rankings were cut from five to three slots, I said nothing. But I cannot stand idly by as week after week over this past month Uptown Malcolm has disrespected the entire Cheap Heat universe by omitting former world champion R-Truth from the Black Power rankings. Pete, as I know you are with a life, I can understand you're missing out on Truth's contributions on the blue brand. So let me break them down for you. Four weeks ago, Truth staked his claim for the U.S. Championship, looking to earn his title shot and square square off like anyone else on SmackDown by pinning Carmella. Despite being denied his rightful opportunity, Truth marched forward, challenging Money Mella to her face two weeks back-to-back and once again denied by management. The fact that SGG is an active participant of this blackballing of a future Hall of Famer is a disgrace as Truth continues to steal the show on SmackDown week after week, despite the best efforts of the authority to keep him down. If SGG isn't brave enough to stand up for the truth, maybe it's time to find someone else who is. Say it loud, Josh. Wow. (laughs) This is... um. In a lot of ways, you you remind me. This now reminds me of sort of the the Thursday that President Trump is having. SGG. This is, whew, this is as bad as the op-ed in the New York Times. What do you uh, do? You want to try to get up from this, or you want to just move on? And how listen, do you want to approach this? Listen, as long as our truth insists on coming out to the ring and wrapping his own theme and saying including in his lyrics can't nobody shuck and jive like this 
he will not even sniff <laughs> the black power rankings. You don't shuck and wait, wait, you don't wait. shuck and jive your way onto this list, okay? Wow. The, hold on, hold on. Is shuck and jive actually in the lyrics for that song? It's in the lyrics. He says it every week. Not only does he say it every week, the WWE's audience is mostly white, just because America's mostly white, so whatever. But he's teaching them these lyrics. And then they're probably going back to their black friends. Why don't you shuck and jive like our truth? I don't like that is that is not happening. It could be. Uh, listen, listen. I, I don't know what I don't know what's happening. I don't know what I could. It could be happening. No, you're the right. Point you're is, right. You're the right. Point is he's, you're not wrong. He's sending the, he's sending these messages out into the world, and then you want me to overlook that and say. Oh yeah, he's going to be number this or that on the Black Power rankings, whatever. Now I have to keep that same energy. If I don't let if I don't let Hulk Hogan slide, our truth is not going to slide. Point. The shucking and jiving don't play over here. So he, I enjoyed his work on SmackDown. Hulk? It was a lot of fun. He snuck his way into the main event. I was entertained the whole way. But you don't shuck and jive on these here Black Power rankings. You know, it's a good point. If, if Hulk Hogan, if Hulk Hogan, minus his indiscretions, is arguably the greatest to ever do it, and you you barely even think about him, what kind of position does that put our truth in? Right. Uh, it's a great point. It's a very fair point, SGG. And Hulk Hogan now, did that of, once uh, on tape. Our truth does this every week. He does. He makes me go through this every week. Oh my god! Wait, Greg, Greg, if hold on, if our truth and Hulk Hogan were both hanging off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see how he shuck and drive um, his way out of that one. <laughs> now, speaking of which, so I don't end up a victim of this, um, I need to make sure you send me – I don't know. I haven't asked the powers that be this. But at some point, you have to send me either a really high-quality picture of us together or some beauty shot, glamour shot by Deb of you so I can try to add you to the Cheap Heat logo. Because, Greg, you'll be very proud. No sooner than, what, it's been a cartoon picture of nobody for, what, four years? <laughs> yeah. My my picture, I've been an ESPN employee for three years. Every day, I finally got my picture. Maybe within eight hours was the first email from a black listener like, yo, where's Greg? <laughs> I was like, yo, I, I just it. got my picture. No, I did too. I appreciate it while also saying, shut up and leave me alone. You just got your picture. They didn't even give you a I day. Said, can I get my picture for a month? I said, give me one day with my picture. Um, all right. SGG, I have to say one thing. I will get to more emails next week. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, but before that, I have to say, am I the only person in the universe who believes that the biggest work in entertainment this week was not in sports entertainment. It was by Jeffrey Owens, a.k.a. Elvin of The Cosby Show. Yo, it was brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, Greg, the, the entire world, and we haven't even spoken yet, but am, it, is it only a wrestling mind who sees this picture of him pop up? He, looking like he borrowed his Trader Joe's uniform from the Godwins, okay? It was dirty. It was tight. 
It was Repug. Somehow, after the world starts ridiculing him and everyone, you know, the right wing, people shame him. The next day, 48 hours later, I should say, the man is on the news. Greg, somehow he's freshly shaved. He looks tremendous all of a sudden. Looks just like his headshot. The offers are coming in right and left. And everyone out here is posting saying, a real American hero. I really hope all of you guys treat the grocery baggers at Wallbaums like that. I hope you treat the grocery baggers at Seatown, Western Beef, Safeway, Giant, Food Lion. Wegmans. Because, Greg, Wegmans, wherever, I want them all to be your man crush Monday. Because everyone fell in love. This is, there's nothing wrong with earning a good living. You were worked, brother. There's no chance. Greg, I'm sorry. I don't buy it. If, and, and by the way, if the man simply was working, um, at Trader Joe's, um, I don't ridicule him for that and I don't laud him for that. Wait, you're a hero because you have a job to keep your family afloat? I don't understand. The man went to Yale. What are we talking about? No, that was the, be- <laughs> that was the funny thing and, like I thought it was really, really pointed and cool messaging too, though when he was on the Today Show with a Yale hat and the Trader Joe's um, name tag. Yo, yo, th- that that was the best part of the work was that he put the name tag on his shirt. On TV. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the work is so ill that there are people listening right now, Greg, that until they heard this conversation, never even thought it might be a work. Yo, I didn't think it was. Just took- I didn't think it might be a work, uh, or maybe he's turned in- the shoot into a work. He worked himself into a shoot, brother. Um, no, listen, it could be real, but to me, it seemed too perfect. To one day, the picture comes out. Um, the next day, you're on Good Morning America, being like, "Oh, don't feel sorry for me." The next day, Tyler Perry says he has a job for Jeffrey Owens, and then you find out he went to Yale, cum laude. And has acted as recently in stuff last year? No, yeah, he was on Divorce. I watched that show. It was actually, actually really good. And, um, yeah, his dad's a former congressman too. Okay, stop. So everyone just control yourselves, please. Don't get worked. Don't work yourself into a shoot. Um, SGG, do you, uh, do you want to give me the world's fastest black power ranking? Uh-huh. And I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. Oh, yeah, and the number three um, is Naomi. She finally, finally managed to defeat um, a member of the Iconics after them, tormenting her for what feels like months. Um, So it's good to see her get get a victory back. And at number two, um, I'm going to give it to Titus O'Neil. Um, a lot of people, again, this is for like his outside the ring humanitarian work. He lost Dana Brooke, but, um, he gained so much respect for what he was doing, uh, with Nike. You know, a lot of people said they were done with Nike and he stepped up to say, instead of destroying the clothing and sneakers that you already own, send them to me and I'll make sure they go to people in need. And, um, he seems to be getting a good response, response for that. 
Um, so in at number two is Titus O'Neil. Ex- except, except for the, except for the fact that I don't believe that any of these people who said they were burning Nikes even owned Nikes in the first place. But that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, they were burning. You, if they have, you better burn. The they were burning their, burning their sandals and, and 1993 New Balance 996s. But burning, okay. Burning continue. their Salconis. But, um, but in at number one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in at number one is, um, is Jay Lethal. Like we said, all in was, um, a historic event. It was great for wrestling, especially great for indie wrestling. Um, they showcased a lot of talent. Um, and Jay Lethal for being the, the brother, the black, black machismo on the show, retaining his championship, um, and being a part of history is coming in at number one. Love it. And one of my favorite people, I have not gotten to watch his match yet. Cause like I said, I was jumping in and out. But one of my favorite people, I love Jay Lethal. Shout out to Jay. Shout out to you, SGG. Um, shout out to our guy, our producer, Kyrie. Oh, he had, a, had his brand. Had a child. It's right. His uh, wife just gave birth to their second child. So he's on uh, paternity leave. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to show him love because he does such a great, uh, such a great job with the show. And, um, He's going to be gone for a couple of weeks, so congratulations to him and the family on the new baby. Um, and that's it, SGG. Let's get up out of here. Do me a favor. Just go ahead and uh, stay mage. Oh, yeah. And enjoy yourself. Sorry. <laughs>